0: welcome to the data coffee break podcast i'm mark and i'm christian if you are passionate about data like us take a seat relax and join us to our coffee break where we discuss all things data and remember there are no filters no pr it's just a real life experience
1: so let's begin cheers mark Ah, cheers enjoy happy friday let's get started mark how are you doing very well. Welcome to my house. Well, to my flat. Sorry, it's not yet a house. <laughs> I can't <laughs> pretend that. <laughs> and this is the first time that we are recording live, face to face,
0: person. Yeah, that's a, a different experience. Let's see how it's going to work out for us. Yeah. But it's nice we we can enjoy to have a beer together.
1: Yeah, it's becoming kind of a habit now. Like we we are doing beers while we are recording. <laughs> it's supposed so to be so coffee. it's supposed to be, <laughs> be coffee. Yes. <laughs> So what are we going to discuss today, Mark? Yeah, so we're going to simply dive into the role
0: of pre-sales in technology companies. Uh, try to understand what is this role, it differs with maybe what is so well-known as consultant or working in support. So really helping people to understand
1: what, what's expected about this role. Absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons why are we actually... Recording this episode is because pre-sales is still is still a not very well known yeah. position or role, right? I mean, personally, I didn't, mm. I didn't even know that that pre-sales existed. Definitely, in my side is
0: when I went to uni here in the UK for one year of master, pretty much a generalist master. I really wanted to go into consulting because that was the excitement of. Working with different clients, different projects, and learning so many different technologies. And the reality is that in uni, you only hear about consulting. You don't hear about, I mean, consulting, being a consultant. You don't hear about what is a support engineer. You don't hear about what is a pre sales. You don't hear about what could be a technical success manager and things yeah. like that. Maybe it's because those roles are actually quite recent, yep. I would say, in some yeah. aspects. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's why I think there is some value to explain a bit more why, why is that, this could be a, a fantastic role for, for so many people. Yes.
1: So let's outline what a pre-sales consultant, a sales engineer, sales consultant, what actually do we do? First of all, we help a, a salesperson during a sales cycle. So let me just put you in, in, in simple words company, Acme, goes to a customer and says, give me $1 million for this product. The company will say, no, please give me that million <laughs> dollars. The company will say, well, show me that this is going to work with my, or it's going to be useful for me. That is going to cost less than what it's going to bring to the company. Exactly. So in order to do that demonstration, one big part of what we do as presets is to actually go and demonstrate, doing a demo doing a proof of concept, doing a positioning, a business value differentiation, that the solution is going to solve a specific pain point of the customer or a specific challenge. What do you think? Do you have another one? I would add some other
0: aspect of this role could be uh, thought leadership. In particular, when you start to have some experience, some level of experience, it's more exposed to a uh, decision maker C level, as we say, and provide thought leadership. So that's really having a conversation high level about trends in the industry, trends in, uh, linked to this technology, trends about where the client should invest to make sure they staying ahead of the game, literally <laughs> compared to the competition. And so there is this aspect and another aspect is evangelization evangelism evangelization i never know what uh, the the, the perfect way to evangelize the technology evangelize a service so that in some aspect is being involved with marketing in this case yes when you like do some demos to to clients uh but also to the community of users or if you're working with a partners so what could be called channel um you working towards like um elevating the value proposition of of this product of this technology to the partner community in this case that's all i i see this one yes and i would like to actually link back to those different roles internally where we spoke about support yeah. um consultant which in the technology company in the software vendor, vendor is usually called like professional services yeah. and presales What's interesting is those one where in some aspects here before the pre-sales role was um, even created uh, in, in the company was actually known as a pre-sales engineer, pre-sales uh, individual.
1: Yes, and I can give you my experience, right? I didn't start as support because I was not working for a software vendor company when I, started, when I left uni. I, I was working for them. At the client side so i was a developer because that's what at university we get told right you are going to be a java developer back then right now i don't know if it's a um, data scientist or python but historically yes you needed to go through all of those steps support or junior developer delivery or professional services and after you i went to quote unquote did your time you you then go into pre-sales and and I think there was a good reason for that in in a way because you want to first of all have empathy with the customer when they're telling you I have these problems in production or certain activities are taking me days or or weeks to fi- to finalize you have you you went through that problem right? or if there is a there's a support case, you know how t- how important that is. And, and most importantly, and something interesting about pre-sales that I is that you have experience in multiple technologies. So you can actually try to speak the customer language, not necessarily on the industry, but sometimes even on the technology side. I guess that's that's my experience on on having mm-hmm. previous years in the industry before becoming a pre-sales. Is it a, a difficult uh, move, difficult shift
0: to do this kind of uh, from, in your case, you did from software development to pre-sales?
1: It was because, I mean, once again, we, we are doing this, this episodes for people that are perhaps working on that professional services or consultancy to identify if you may want to try a pre-sales role. I was doing pre-sales without knowing it when I was a consultant. I was doing... Mm-hmm demos. I was talking to customers all the time. I was trying to the, costum, the to tell the customer uh, what is the value and that back then business intelligence. And, and, and I didn't really realize um, that I was having that or that I had that skill set until I actually applied for a pre-sales role. And I'm going to be honest with you, oh, okay. I didn't really know what a pre-sales person was supposed to be doing. So I think it took me like <laughs> a few months to really, really get it. So so
0: you were going to actually deliver on a on a project? Yeah, <laughs> but
1: for me it was like okay, so the problem the customer has a problem. Of course, I, I can try to to fix it. That was might say my my first six but we months. Still do it.
0: We still do it. In particular, if you
1: think about the relationship in the long term with these clients. One of the things that a lot of people ask me: How is this different from, for example, other roles such as consultancy or or professional services? And pre-sales is competitive. That's a very interesting piece here. And competition, some people can take it in different ways. I personally like this phrase from, I think it was Chesterton, who said that the true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. I see a lot of times pre-sales individuals um, trying to trash other technologies in front of the customer. I I don't like that. And I don't think competitive means about that. It's about differentiation, it's about business value proposition that we discussed. And that element of competition and that adrenaline to to, to know whether you are going to be selected at the end of the sales cycle, that is very different from, for example, I have finished my project and I'm going to deploy it into production Mm -hmm. and see if it works, which is also a lot of the adrenaline rush. (laughs) (laughs) From experience? Yes, 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 if it's going to work, but... But that's—I would say—that's a key element on on the pre-sales um, side of things. So that n- it might not be for everyone. Yeah. Uh,
0: coming back on the adrenaline adrenaline rush, um, moving as a consultant, like doing okay, this was pre-production or testing, and we move that into production. Yeah. Um, do you have this adrenaline rush as doing the pre-sales role in the aspect of yes, we? We convince the client today. Uh, the value proposition or the technical demo was like successful, and the yeah. clients really see see like uh, using the technology going forwards. Like, do you do you have this kind of same feeling as well?
1: Yes, when you are going to go into a demo, or when you go into a conference and present, or when you are showing the run button on your demo and see if it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of adrenaline. Yes. I mean I the answer is yes. I I do get that all the time. But I think there is another difference between being a consultant to for a pre-sales and, and I think you touch on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pre-sales person is a uh, is customer facing, I would say yeah. 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's where you bring the value. Personally speaking I think a pre-sales person is someone that was not geek enough to be a developer, but not social enough to be a seller. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, so I'm not saying that a pre-sales person cannot be a developer, but maybe you didn't like it that much, right? Or you didn't want to go mm-hmm. that that deep into the, into the role, but also you're not a sales person, right? But mm-hmm. what do you think about co- being customer facing? Do you like it, Mark? Yeah, definitely. It's... Literally every day you speak with clients or
0: potentially meet with clients face to face. So if you if you're not the extroverted type of person or in in between, like you can say clearly, being in between it also works. That could be a struggle for some people. So that's that's
1: an aspect to consider. Something that maybe you need to develop is to be a bit of um, I think it's called have a thick skin. What I mean is that not every Meeting will go well. Oh yeah, <laughs> not every demo will go well. So you sometimes you are doing your best in front of the customer, and the, or you receive what we call objections, and it's objection after objection, yeah. and 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 it's fair, right? Sometimes I mean the product is or the solution is not for the customer, or sometimes the the solution is not working because uh, reasons. Think back about those events you might have done where.
0: The demo is not working, yeah. or you can see the audience not being engaged. Yeah, you pretty much like alone in front of everyone and feel like this is not my day. <laughs> this is, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or like simply, I didn't, I didn't understood what I should have done, or simply I realized now I should have
1: done it differently <laughs> in yes. terms of presentation. Yes, exactly. So when it comes to presenting to be in front of customers, it's. It's a muscle that you need to develop. And it could be stressful. And it that can be really stressful. I hope this is not taken the wrong way, but you really need to have good self-confidence mm. to I mean to be in front of or to willing to be in front of an audience. No matter if the audience is just one, five, a hundred, thousand mm-hmm. people. You you have something in your mind that that you want to be there, right? So, and, and I'm not talking about that you are a person that you like to brag or, or you are like uh, super or overly confident about yourself, but you, you really need, to need to enjoy
0: it. it. Yes, you, need, you it. need to literally feel the,
1: uh, the motivation
0: or the pleasure to have performed on stage, I would say. <laughs> it's kind of like a performance.
1: Quick one if you are enjoying this episode and our show, please make sure you follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Links in the description, as per usual.
0: Also, if you'd like to grow this community with us, think about sharing this episode with a friend or a colleague interested about all things data.
1: Now, back to the episode. When talking about this, um, not necessarily everything that goes wrong, but it's really important to understand that pre-sales is not support... Because as a consultant, you charge by the hour or your employer charges by the hour for you, right? So your time is really precious. Pre-sales is not the case. <laughs> and sometimes customers try to see this as, Mark, my, I have this problem and I cannot actually work in production. What what do I do? And, and because we like to help, we try to fix the problem. And sometimes it's a good thing to do. Don't get me wrong. Go and fix it if, if you are well But being honest, I mean, that's why support exists, right? So these are individuals 24 7 that they can help you. And And
0: that's quite interesting. Knowing the aspect as well of saying to the client, "Uh, no, I don't think our solution is a good fit for you. Some account executive will be unhappy, (laughs) (laughs) but it comes back to what you stand for. You don't want to create a bad relationship with a client. In a sense that the client will come back after a few months and say, like, you sold me something that is not working. You sold me something that is actually not solving my issues. So as a pre-sales person, I will say no sometimes in those aspects. But on the other part of the no is saying no to the client. I'm not going to help you. Well, I wouldn't say like that. (laughs) (laughs) But pretty much the aspect like, I understand you have an issue, let's say in production, but I'm not the right person to help you. I prefer yep. to redirect you to our support. I prefer to redirect you to the professional services team, who is well equipped, and that's that's the case. And most of the time, is they're trained to do some of those activities
1: compared to us. I remember a one of um, a colleague of ours told me once that it's best or it's better not to have a customer than having an unhappy customer. And I think, yes, I mean, to your point, to be able to say no brings your credibility up. And all of this gave me some memories about when I was on in consultancy or development is that pre-sales don't work on production environments. The pre-sales is there to do proof of concepts, to build perhaps a demo assets. That are not meant to be put in production. Maybe a, an architecture that that is really important, right? Because I mean, as a consultant, you you are part of the delivery team that will bring this project into production. So I've met so many presales or solution engineers that they still miss that. They miss that feeling of and working towards something that is being used, you know, in production. But it's not something that presales should be working on. Yeah. Be able to see the
0: outcome of of the implementation, basically, that could be frustrating for some pre-sales uh, professional in this case. Yeah, and actually, what are the kind of skill sets that are required asked by companies by firms hiring pre-sales professional in this case? Like, on the top of my mind, I would say, obviously, team player, being able to have all they call usually, all they describe usually in uh, in those job description is sales acumen.
1: <laughs> sales acumen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would beg to defer on that one. Sales acumen could be have you been sold something on the street or or something. Yeah, I guess depending on the on the level of the pre-sales um, position that you want to go, then of course you might mm-hmm. want to have already some experience on. On a sales role. Luckily, I never
0: heard anyone in pre-sales having
1: as, um,
0: during the job interview being asked to sell a pen yeah. to,
1: to, to the interviewers.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. That may be more for the <laughs> account executive
1: and salespeople. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, I do believe that, that you need to have some tech experience. Right, whether that is coding or experience, previous experience with the product or the technology, mm-hmm. for example, that the database or ETL on data mm-hmm. or visualization. Something really important for though for those looking for a pre-sales role or that are wondering whether they could be a good fit for a specific company. And I'm going to talk about here on a product company. You don't need to necessarily Have experience with the product. When you go and work for those companies, they will train you properly on the product. Sometimes it's more important that you have experience on a specific industry, on a competitor product, or similar product. And also, as you mentioned, acumen on the domain AI, data warehousing, visualization. I would say that that skill to be more a generalist person. That can talk about a domain, it's it's a good skill to have. Yeah. And as you said, like not looking into
0: being able to know this specific technology, but those transferable yes. skills yes. uh, are important. And we call that a lot
1: soft skills. Yeah. This is a yeah. this is a tag I don't like. Well and to finalize this part of the skills that we recommend you having or developing is creativity or you have that creative thinking on um, around a specific problem or you can imagine how things are going to be used that is an, an amazing skill to have as a pre-sales person again this is, doesn't have to be technical
0: yeah creativity and that's usually associated with a keyword like problem solving in, oh, yeah. in this aspect where yeah. the client come with a question you know that the product doesn't answer directly but if you think about it in Different aspect. If you maybe mix it with another set of technologies, you see that it's actually really solving well the kind of yeah. issues the client yeah. is facing, and sometimes bringing even more value for the client on that aspect. Hundred percent.
1: One thing that I would say is as well is that, especially with software or technology companies, is that a lot of people, myself included, when I left university. We have this idea that you have to be super technical or a genius to to get into one of these companies. And by all means, if you're one of those, go for it. But there are also other roles that may not require um, highly technical skills and you can still work for the company that you love. I love
0: what you just said, like working for the company that you love. Do you think, is it companies that you love or products that you love in this case, in both aspects?
1: You really need to believe what you are actually trying to um, bring into the customer's hands. If you don't believe in, in, in the product or in the company that you're working for, and that may apply for any type of role, but in pre-sales is actually quite important because you are all the time interacting uh, with people in multiple situations that are linked to a sale. I, yeah. I really believe that you need to love or, or really like. <laughs> <laughs> Loving, okay. maybe, but disliking yeah. least liking, yeah. enjoying Love can be a very strong word <laughs>
0: in this case. Christian, is there anything you don't like about pre-sales?
1: Oof, maybe it's the beer or something. I'm going to be a bit personal here. <laughs> I'm going to generalize here. It's not something that you may encounter, but a commercial discussion sometimes takes precedent over what is really important for the customer. And what I am going to give an example. Here is like when you see that the company or, or the people in the field really will benefit from your solution, but because there is no commercial agreement or there are some other interests, this is one of those that it's better when you don't know that they exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So so that is something that because as a person that cares, it's difficult to be detached from it. So I, that's the part that sometimes I don't enjoy. But what about you? It will be.
0: I think it's a common theme when I actually speak with a lot of uh, colleagues or also pre sales professional. The classic uh, having to fill RFPs yeah. and RFI, yeah. So <laughs> oh, request oh, yes. for proposal for RFP and request for information. That's basically. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's basically a, a document, an Excel document. Uh, a Word document or well, PDF simply, that the client is sending to, to the company and many other companies to compare the products on the very specifically defined
1: criterias. And that's extremely boring to complete to feel. And that's complex, actually. It's complex. For those that have never seen an RFP, normally it comes as a big, big Excel file with a bank of questions that someone copy-pasted from...
0: Sometimes completely irrelevant. Irrelevant. And they ask
1: you yes, no, or with a link to propose. And yes, it's, it's very boring. So, Mark, would you say that you like the pre sales role? What, what do you like about it? Oh, if I would ask you, like, okay, so what, do, what does Mark like? What about? does Mark like, like <laughs> about pre sales? Yes.
0: I think it's good to go back to what we discussed at some point, maybe at the beginning or in the middle, which is being client facing. Yeah. being able to expose to the client the value of the product, having the opportunity to present to an audience, um, yeah. all those aspects where you were speaking about the <laughs> this uh, adrenaline rush in terms yeah. of a consultant, a developer, moving um, a piece of technology from uh, testing to production. This is the same kind of feeling that you can get uh, being in front of the client or proposing to the client. And this is what uh, excites me. So, this kind of pre sale, salesy aspect. And generally, like seeing the <laughs> the happiness of the client sometimes yes. uh, on this aspect, yeah. this is so cool.
1: <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. When you were talking about what you don't like, you just remind me that a couple of more skill sets that are essential for pre-sales such as time management oh yeah very true <laughs> <laughs> wow that's uh, in particular in some
0: part of the quarter yeah it's yes. super important
1: but i think we can finish here and leave time management tips for another episode
0: well that was a, a very interesting episode and i actually discovered so many aspects of your personality with
1: this episode <laughs> christian same here mark thanks for listening to this episode This podcast represents our views and not the ones of our employers. Our mission at the Data
0: Coffee Break podcast is to inform you and help you grow in this always changing data
1: field. Follow us and get into the conversation with the community on our LinkedIn page and Instagram.
0: See you next Tuesday and until then, keep your data caffeinated.